0: Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you wanna learn how to connect with them through hip hop, social media, and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion, a keynote speaker, professional development trainer, and workshop presenter. And I'm also an expert in family engagement. And I wanna show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level. A level that will truly break down barriers and create change. By working with the Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that'll help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website. DionChavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip hop, social media, and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right, The Glad Dad, helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Hey y'all, what's up? Welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Dads in the Class podcast. Of course, you know me. I'm your host, Dion the Glad Dad. And this is the podcast where we talk about fatherhood engagement in in education. And we talk about how fathers can be engaged in the lives of their kids, but also um, just dive a little bit deeper and talk about engagement into the education of their kids. This is episode nine of the podcast. Got a real great brother on the show with me today, Dr. J.L. Adolph. He is a Uh, a professor, a hip-hop connoisseur, and uh, like myself, he finds a way to weave uh, hip-hop into fatherhood and kind of mesh those two worlds and kind of work with folks about the importance of both of those things and how they can be uh, combined and how how they can be used together. So Dr. Adolph, welcome to the show, sir. Glad to have you here.
1: Yo, happy to be here loving the dad in the class all right yeah, so. man. <laughs>
0: yeah man And you uh you had been instrumental in one of the episodes a couple of uh a couple of weeks back you were commenting i was like man i got to get this brother on the show because he's so passionate about um hip-hop and so passionate about fatherhood and of course your work with dad cypher so we'll get into all of that uh but just glad to have you here man um so let's talk a little bit about your work and the work that you're doing and how you were inspired. Uh, to create uh, dad cipher. So tell us what dad cipher is uh, and how it aims to kind of support dads.
1: Okay, so dad cipher um basically it started out as a way for me to uh, connect with my uh younger twin. so I'm a father of four so mm-hmm. um and so the younger uh, my youngest uh, had different tastes, in terms of hip hop culture and that sort of thing so that cypher for the most part was me really trying to decipher or really look at the um the different kinds of lyricism that they were listening to the music and that sort of thing and it was a way for me to develop a deeper conversation and a deeper connection with my boys around hip hop um but later it morphed into Uh, what I do as an English professor, it turned into a a sort of hip hop therapeutic writing program. And what that entailed was uh, for me to help dads as well as students to really um, examine use writing and hip hop to sort of explore fatherhood wounds and that sort of thing as a way of healing to boost emotional intelligence. And to uh promote career readiness and that sort of thing. So um I found a way to weave that into my everyday profession. Um, so I would say my whole entire life has been as a hip hop head, uh, you know, breaking the silos and education. So I find a little use hip hop to break silos with history, with education, um, with sociology psychology and i try to put that in to uh educate the masses
0: Mm, mm, that's good now you talked about uh your work in higher ed but let's kind of dive a little bit deeper in because you are an english professor correct
1: correct yes at georgia state university
0: georgia state university and also you are uh, you do a lot of work in the african diaspora studies which is very unique and i think that's very dope how has that background in academia uh, shaped the mission and the approach of Dad Cypher?
1: Um, it has uh, shaped it tremendously because uh, hip hop, in many ways, uh, is the latest incarnation of uh, Black music, which it derives from the motherland. And in particular, when I think about hip hop culture, for the most part, it, uh, it embodies the griot traditions, which are. The poet historians. So, each uh, in various African communities, they had these poet historians that would, you know, give the genealogy, inspire the people to do great things. And it was a way of marking history. And what I found is that Africans doing the transatlantic slave trade brought a lot of those storytelling retentions uh, with them. And it influenced the Black preacher. The blues man, the jazz man, and now the latest, the MC. So it's really bringing this whole idea of storytelling, uh, but it's beyond storytelling. The storytelling to inspire people uh, from a spiritual and psychological standpoint to heal and to move forward with um, and to uh, move forward to uh, doing some form of movement or activism.
0: That's good. Now, your, your dissertation was about uh, the connection between hip hop and fatherhood, correct? Correct. Fatherhood, correct. fatherhood narratives and hip hop lyricisms. lyricism. lyricism. Um, talk a little bit about how those narratives kind of uh, influence fatherhood a little bit.
1: Yeah. So uh, hip hop um, has always had this sort of. Um, relationship when it comes to fatherhood so my dissertation work, um which the dissertation is entitled dj drop that deadbeat in other words like Mm. it's a double entendre let's drop drop that sort of stereotype where we uh um you know critique black man as deadbeats and let's really look at the stories that are in hip-hop culture about Mm. urban fatherhood So hip hop is, uh, you know, if you want to know about urban fatherhood, um, keep in mind that African-Americans are not a monolithic group. So with that being said, but um, if you want to know about post-civil rights and what it was like from the 80s moving forward uh, in, you know, in terms of Black fatherhood, you can find that in hip hop lyricism. From the very first song, like, uh, Sugar Hill Gang, the message. It was one of the very first songs to really even talked about fatherhood. I mean, I'm sorry, Sugar Hill Gang when they were talking about Rappers' Delight. That was mm-hmm. one of the earliest one, and then the father and uh, father and son dialogue of uh, the message, and then hip hop really had a sort of a relationship where, from the '90s on to early 2000s, it was a sort of a weird time in terms of hip-hop and the way it depicted Black fatherhood. For the most part, it depicted us as abusers, abandoners, and that sort of thing. However, as the art form has grown and MCs have moved from the stage of being teens and adolescents into becoming fathers themselves, Mm -hmm. what you find in hip-hop culture is a really complex view of what it means to be a dad. So they talk about you know, being a dad and, you know, in poverty, being a dad that's dealing with negative co-parenting situations, being a dad that is also, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, court systems and that sort of thing, but also being a dad and just being proud of having children, being present in their life. And so I would say, you know, hip hop, one thing that I would say give it credit for they have made this whole idea of quote unquote being a deadbeat they made that a pariah in our communities that is Mm -hmm. not cool it is considered whack and i think hip-hop has changed Mm -hmm. it and made it cool for um black men to identify themselves as fathers so
0: yeah I i think even when you go back to you know edo g and the bulldogs be a father to your child uh when you listen to naughty by nature's um uh everything's gonna be all right when trek right. says i never knew my dad uh up into you know beanie Siegel has some songs about his father he and jay-z have mm-hmm. songs about his their you know their father scarface has some records about uh their fathers and the impact that not having their fathers played in their lives and i think Uh, Those are great stories, but you also get to see the the side of it when you have Will Smith, where he says just the two of us, right? Or Jay-Z, when he had uh, the song where he's rapping about Blue Ivy, when she was uh, a baby and things like that. So over the years, I think as hip hop has matured, uh, we've kind of seen the narratives around um, fatherhood mature because now we are seeing the artists talking about how cool it is for them to be fathers and promoting oh, yeah. the message of of responsible fatherhood and how it is uh important to them to be a part of their kids lives like even when you watch uh, i'm not sure if you've seen the um the beyonce movie the renaissance um tour movie i saw that and there's a scene a couple of scenes where where blue and jay are just really bonding but you get to see jay bonding with. Um, the other two kids also. So I think, you know, that narrative of being a father and being present uh, is definitely has, it's been a prevalent theme throughout hip hop. Uh, how How do you feel hip hop contributes to kind of shaping those perspectives of fatherhood? And, you know, are there any recurring themes or messages that you see?
1: Well, you know, I I think hip hop for the most part has really shaped it in terms of fathers being just present Uh, outside of the lyricism that um, it was a lot of cinematography of uh, black men as fathers in hip hop. When I go back to, you know, early, uh, what the nineties hood flicks with boys in the hood and we saw Lawrence Fishburne, I would probably say he definitely represents what I would consider a hip hop father and that sort of thing uh, in that 80s, 90s time period, trying to raise young Trey. But then if we look at the reality shows, we have Reverend Ron who had his fatherhood show. You had Snoop Dogg, T.I. And what you have found is black males are saying that it is very important and vital that they um, portray fatherhood as not an unrighteous, auxiliary piece, but as a foundational piece, you know, to uh, what it means to be a parent. It's not uh, extra, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, saying that, hey, you know, we are foundational blocks to the raising of our child. And I would probably say the uh, recurring themes are really, uh, that I find in a lot of lyricism is really reeling against the dominant narrative that still portrays us as stereotypically not being there. That is often uh, presented in a lot of hip hop songs. A lot of really trying to portray uh, fatherhood is not a negotiated space, that it's not the the, the mother-child relationship does not uh, trump the father-child relationship. And it's a real... Uh, what I find in a lot of the themes is this sort of fight for, uh, in a sense the sort of the quality when it comes to the way of child rearing and that sort of thing. Um, but mm-hmm. also I would say hip hop, one of the things that, that this genre does is really talk about anxieties and traumas associated with being a dad and how to overcome those. So, I would say those are just some of the many things that you'll uh, find in the um, hip hop lyricism, fatherhood narratives. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Now you said you are a father of four.
1: Is that correct? Yes. Yes. A, four, a father of four.
0: Father of four. How have you used hip hop when it comes to uh, being engaged with your kids and, and their education?
1: Oh, when it comes to the education, it's, 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 it's funny because hip-hop is definitely a part of poetry. I mean, hip-hop is poetry. I mean, we use the same figurative language. We use metaphor. We use simile. We use tone. We use all of those things. So as an English professor, it was very important that um, that when I, you know, would read to my kids and that sort of thing that we always, you know, I always tried to find books that had, you know, rhyme schemes. I remember my daughter, we... Uh, would read Queen Latifah, Queen of the Scene. And it was like her breaking down hip hop lyrics uh, and uh, gender, uh, breaking gender stereotypes or talking about this young girl that wanted to be a basketball player. And then I was probably saying, uh, with my children, it really helped a lot with emotional intelligence. um, Because hip hop does have um, you know, misogyny and that sort of thing, it was important that I use those uh, elements of the culture to really help to challenge some of, um, you know, the gender uh, misogynistic stereotypes that sometimes that are projected in the culture on Black women. So we used, I would use the lyrics as a sort of case study to talk about different subject matters, whether it be sex or drugs and that sort of thing we really would just sit down examine the lyrics um and just use that as a way to have discussion
0: Mm, mm. as as someone who you know as we celebrate 50 years of hip-hop this year um as someone who like me has been you know engaged in uh, a part of the culture for probably your whole life I would assume I fell in love with hip-hop when I was seven years old I'm in my early 40s now um what's your take on um, where the culture is now as opposed to where it was you know 20 25 years ago
1: you know what uh, my take on it is that the industry has really had a strong level of control as to the diversity of messaging in hip hop. Uh, growing up in the 80s, 90s, um, where it was less industry control, you can hear a whole variety of different types of hip hop. Like for me, I was inspired by everything from Public Enemy to KRS One. I learned a lot about Black consciousness through NWA. I learned a lot about police brutality. Through a trial called Quest, I learned a lot about like the consequences of date rape and uh, different ways of being black. And I think right now the, the issue is it's not that we don't really have a variety of voices. It's just that those voices are not really getting the same airplay because for every sexy red, we have a Rhapsody or we have a Chica. Or, you know, and it's a slew of underground artists uh, that are out there that are doing some amazing work. However, it is hard to break into having these different messages hit mainstream. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say that's the major difference I would see. I think, you know, it's an absence of diversity. And that's and that's kind of sad.
0: Yeah. And I, you know, as someone who worked in radio for 20 years, I tell people that, you know, the, the quality content, it's not that it's not there. What, what I think people are missing. And I think what people want to say, but they don't always know how to say it is that it's the balance that's not there. Right. Because in the nineties, you know, there was a Queen Latifah, but there was also a Lil' Kim. There was public enemy but there was also uncle luke right and the the balance was the balance was there so you could you could hear more of that but now it's just like you have to you have to search for what you want like i'll tell anybody rhapsody is the greatest mc on the planet male or female Mm -hmm. right and 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 that's because i i listen to her and when she drops new music i find it and you know what i mean all those things uh but you, you you may have to do a little bit more work yes sexy red is played more on the radio yes uh lotto is played a little bit more on the radio um but also you have the you have options to stream what you want to listen to like you have apple music you have title you have spotify uh to find the the music that you are um that you're looking for so sometimes you got to kind of get out of that bubble of thinking that the radio is going to save you uh and just go you know go out there and find find what you're looking for um
1: I strongly agree with
0: you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and I, and I think with hip hop, um, I wanna I wanna talk about um, how we can leverage it. How how do you think we can leverage hip hop specifically for uh, fatherhood and father engagement?
1: Well, I think you know what uh, working. Uh, so I'm in Atlanta, and I work with this consortium uh, called Fathers Matter ATL. And what uh, what it is, is a collective group of like uh, seven different strategies where we talk about policy, mass incarceration and that sort of thing. I think the way that we to answer your question, I think the way that we get more hip hop involved is we really have to look at the um, we have to go back to the past and look at the way that the black arts movement was the sister organization to the black power movement of the 1960s Mm. um hip-hop is simply the messenger or and and that sort of thing however no message is complete if we do not have a sort of political uh piece that's moving that and so with father grassroots organizations like fathers matter atl what it does is it starts uh really looking at policy it starts looking at you know improving child relationships mental health um education uh changing all of those things and then the music itself should function as a sort of uh mouthpiece to you know, spread the word to the mass, uh, to the masses and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I think to answer your question, we really have to link hip hop as much as we can to our worlds of education, to our worlds of policy making, because it speaks the language of young people. And so mm-hmm. if we really talk about trying to connect and engage young people. We, we have to use the, the instruments that can reach them.
0: Yeah. Are there any specific strategies that you all use at um, Dad Cypher um, to increase fatherhood engagement?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things that I have done, um, really as a professor, I, I have some of the pieces of uh, Dad Cypher. Um, or integrated into my classroom work as an English professor. So one of the things that I do in my class is called college to career. And so in that particular uh, class, what I do is have students to really look at hip hop fatherhood narratives. And then I challenge them to look at their own upbringing. And, and I challenge them to put their upbringing in rhyme form and look at how their experiences with their father may have shaped their family work scripts or may have shaped their uh, sort of uh, career uh, development. And so I look at that and we, you know, we look at the positive and negative associated with those fathered experiences. And then we look at how do we, you know, sort of you know, write this information out, get this sort of trauma out on the page. And then we look at ways in which we can boost the emotional intelligence of the kids so that they can then turn these stories into transformational stories that can get them on attention, that can get them attention on like social media, such as LinkedIn to get track future employers and that sort of thing to that story. So Mm -hmm. one of the very strategies is really just really doing some sort of therapeutic writing. So I use a lot of therapeutic uh, narrative writing techniques to do that, although my background is not therapy and I want that known, but I really use this sort of writing as a way of therapeutically, like really laying down those experiences and looking at areas where we can grow.
0: Yeah, I had a a good friend of mine, a great brother, uh, Pizzo Johnson on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he is down in Atlanta and he has a program called uh, Pain on Paper, where he does something similar. That social, emotional learning work um, by helping young folks take that pain and put it on paper and and, you know, turn it into a poem or turn it into a song or turn it into a story. Uh, So it's good to see that. Uh, Speaking of that, how do you think uh, we can kind of leverage? hip-hop to, again, speak to what you just said, but to increase uh, social emotional learning within the classroom?
1: Um, I think we have to be, become more creative. Um, I would say one of the things that hip-hop, the thing that's so beautiful about the culture, um, in addition to it being a multi-billion dollar business, it's also a multimedia business. So hip-hop mm-hmm. involves like video production and that sort of thing. And I would say Personally, as someone who is engaged in literacy and the teaching of writing with young people, I would say we uh, can use, like um, I do in my classroom what's called digital narratives, where not only do students write out projects, but they have to create some sort of visual rhetoric in the forms of making a video to enhance their storytelling abilities. And then mm-hmm. they found out that, it added another layer to the emotions that they're trying to convey. And we're in an industry now, we're in a time period where everyone will have to learn how to do some form of digital presentation um, for various work activities. So that's one of the ways that we do that. I also do audio essays and have students that sometimes do a sort of podcast uh, mm-hmm. sort of writing, mm-hmm. so it in a sense is sort of media training. Most of all, though, it's uh, I would say we can engage or increase that in teaching our young people that when they are in school, they are a brand. So, how do you want to market yourself as a future employee or as a future entrepreneur? How do you want to market that? And so, in hip hop, it's all about the marketing and getting the word out then that goes back to graffiti culture and Mm -hmm. you know i take those same elements and i try to prepare them you know for the future workforce that they plan on going into Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. that's good on on a personal level as someone who is is working in academia and also working in advocacy how do you how do you find space within yourself to balance those two
1: uh, it's a challenge from time to time. I mean, uh, of course, right now um, my production and my advocacy has slowed down around this time of the year because right now I'm currently grading finals. Mm-hmm. But I try what I try to do for the most part is I try to weave my advocacy and into service learning projects for my students. So, in a sense, you know, I use my classroom as a sort of Uh, yet another sort of outlet to uh, introduce the students to service learning, introduce them to video production. And in a sense, that becomes a form of my advocacy. And then I just try uh, as much as I can to go out and do keynote speaking events um, and try to educate other educators right now. um, Maybe uh, if the Lord say the same, I'll be uh, presenting at the elect uh, project, which is in Pennsylvania. And it's a group of educators that are working with uh, pregnant teens and parenting teens. And Mm. I'm actually using some of those hip hop strategies to help these young people to transform their stories of struggle into resilience so that they could show that they have grit, which is one of the key things that major industry people are looking for in various jobs industry, employees who can have grit and resilience when it comes to the workplace.
0: Hmm, that's good. From From your perspective, what um, relationship does education have with fatherhood?
1: I think, uh, well, you know what? I would probably say historically, it hasn't been a good one. So hmm. right now, I think, we really have to work on implementing more father friendly practices when it comes to the relationship between educators and our young people. Unfortunately, um, the stereotype for years, and this is beyond just uh, uh, men of color, I mean, I think it, in, it impacts all fathers. Fathers uh, via media and that sort of uh, thing has been de- uh, depicted as someone who's not really engaged with their children uh, Mm -hmm. sort of um, you know, you get that sort of Peter Griffin or sort of Homer Simpson sort of Mm -hmm. depiction of what it means to be a father. And oftentimes what you'll find is sometimes educators will not uh, or sort of resistant to engaging with fathers when it comes to um, you know, the relation uh, when it comes to their children. And so oftentimes it's just like, well, let me talk to the mom and, you know, to make sure this, uh, like that the child is, uh, demonstrating emotional intelligence, doing the projects, doing the work. It's a brilliant book out there, um, called fathering in the margins. And in that particular book, it talks about, it gives a real detailed account on how much educators or very resistant to engaging in dialogue with fathers because the perceived stereotype is that they're absentee uh, or they're just not engaged with their children. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I would probably say we really have to work on developing stronger bonds with Mm -hmm. dads. Mm -hmm.
0: And as we, as we look forward in a world that is going to be, uh, I'll say, I'm not gonna say overcome with AI, but in a world that will be uh, full of AI, um, how do you, what does the outlook for you look like for uh, academia, artificial intelligence, fatherhood, and kind of, as we see all of these worlds eventually, uh, and hip hop, uh, as we see all of these worlds eventually meshing in some way, shape or form, what does that world look like for you?
1: Well, um, I will say this, and um, it has uh, caused a big scare in uh, academia, the use of AI, because um, for some reason, some some educators believe it may be used to replace them, or Mm -hmm. some educators will say, well, it's going to lead to uh, academic high levels of academic dishonesty. And, you know, I would say the Technology has always been perceived as a threat to the world of education. However, I embrace this challenge because with AI in particular, I would say we can uh, this is another way that students can use this to critique their own writing. Because really when you think about AI, it's not going to create quote unquote, real detailed research quality essays. You're going to have to demonstrate some original thought and ideas because basically it's going to mass produce. It's it's basically um, a language, a database system that sort of Mm -hmm. mass produces the same sort of thing. So teachers after a while will be able to pick on all this is AI. But what you can Mm -hmm. do is have students to write original work and then use AI as a space to say, well, could you point out? the weaknesses of my argument? Or could you point out areas that I can improve this essay? And so mm-hmm. in a sense, it becomes yet another electronic sort of uh, teacher that may reinforce what the educators are trying to teach, like making sure that you uh, add balance to your argument, counter argument. Uh, do you have enough historical backgrounds? So I would probably say in the world of AI, if we really embrace it and tell students that it's not a replacement for your original ideas, but it can just help you to enhance. In many ways, like I remember, I'm old enough to remember when some classrooms in math didn't want to allow calculators. Mm -hmm, Now mm -hmm. calculators are just a constant stay in those and those things i don't think it takes away because you still have to know how these things operate mm-hmm. so yeah and besides writing this communication so right. you can try to use as much ai as you want but if you cannot conduct the conversation it's not going to help you so
0: right right so for the dads out there who might be struggling to um connect the dads who are striving to uh, strengthen their bonds with their children what is one uh, key piece of advice that you would give them
1: well the one key uh, key piece of advice is I would say become media literate you hmm. can with the world of social media with uh, and these kids have phones that give them uh, access to tons of information it is essential that dads become Media literate. It's important mm-hmm. that they dad cipher or decipher what's going on in their kids' lives. So that means sitting down, looking at the lyricism, sitting down, looking at the images that they're seeing, and really you not running away from it, but really using these as teachable moments to really talk to your kids. And um, and I think that is uh, something that. You know would be helpful um kids especially at at generation c are learning a lot of information very fast some things that they may not understand and if we just come at a space of judgment they'll shut down so we Mm -hmm. really need to come into a sense of partnership and really have these deep meaningful difficult conversations And that way we can kind of help them to process what they're seeing. So I would Mm -hmm. say, you know, my piece of advice is become as media literate as you can. Learn to speak Generation Z. It's going to be essential.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's good. Now, as we close out, I'll just ask, what is your uh, vision for the future of Dad Cipher? What does it look like in a perfect world to you going forward?
1: Well, in a perfect world for me, I would like to uh, see that cypher grow to a space where it becomes a space to educate other educators and other fatherhood practices so that we can develop core curriculum and that sort of thing to show how we could use hip hop literacy to promote fatherhood, to promote literacy, to promote career awareness. Uh, currently, right now, I am working on a book and really that's transforming my dissertation work into one that's a little more accessible for the general audience. So that uh, cipher very soon will uh, be in book format so we can take some of those lessons, look at some of this lyricism and see how we can use that as teachable moments to help the, uh, help fathers to uh, address Substance abuse, uh, various traumas, uh, negative co-parenting. And, you know, and I think this will be a central component to gaining a deeper understanding of what it means to be a black male as well as a father in America.
0: Mm, good. I can't let you go without asking uh, this one question. I have a feeling I know what your answer is going to be, but uh, album of the year for 2023 was blank hip hop album, sure. album of the year
1: hip hop album of this year killer mike uh no mike i knew you're going to say that, I knew, were say that. <laughs> I, 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 I knew you that that
0: seems to be the consensus i am of a different thought uh, i believe that Nas and hit boys magic 2 was a Ooh. better project um but I, I i can't find a lot of people who will agree with that so i'm
1: uh. You know? Hey, Nas is my favorite MC of all time. He's in my okay. top five. He's my number one at, in my top five. So, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. he's the guy. But I did love the Michael album. Um, maybe it's okay. because I'm living in the A right now. That, that, you
0: know? Listen, I, I knew I knew the answer to the question before I even asked it, man. I didn't even. <laughs> I just wanted to see. So, uh, Doctor Adolf, let folks know how they can uh, find you, your socials, and all that good stuff.
1: Oh, okay. Well, once again, this is J.L. Adolf, uh better known as the Extra Large Professor of Dad Cypher. You can find me on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. I don't mess around with Snapchat. I'm going to say that one for the Zoomers. before everything else, you can hit me up <laughs> on there. And, um, I'm on TikTok. Up I'm up on TikTok. Oh, yeah, I'm on TikTok, too. So I'm on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, right, I just cool.
0: through Snapchat. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think the Snapchat wave kind of died down. I think we might uh, we might, we might be cool on that. I think we might be cool on Snapchat. Okay, but thank well, you for I'll joining see. the show, sir. Yeah, thank you for joining the show, man. It has been a pleasure. Uh, looking forward to just seeing great things from you. Maybe sometime we can collaborate. You know, if you ever need me for anything, just feel free to reach out. Uh, but glad to have you here, great brother. If you're listening to the podcast, if you're watching the podcast, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Dads in the Class podcast, the number one podcast for fathers um, and father engagement and telling you how you can get engaged and stay engaged in the importance of engaging in your kids' education. We'll holler at y'all on the next episode, y'all. Peace.
1: All right. Peace.
0: Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you want to learn how to connect with them through hip hop, social media and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion a keynote speaker professional development trainer and workshop presenter and i'm also an expert in family engagement and i want to show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level a level that will truly break down barriers and create change By working with the Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that'll help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website, deonchavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip hop, social media and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right. The Glad Dad, helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now, let's get back to
1: the podcast.